Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the number one sports podcast on the entire planet. I'm your host, Drake Tharp, and yes, we're recording a little late tonight. Uh, you know, the Mavericks-Warriors game just finished up. Apparently, there was a ceiling leak in the middle of the game. Uh, I planned on making this around 10 p.m. It's around 11 p.m., so uh, we're getting a little tired here, but I just have some thoughts I'd like to say. So last week, I had predicted a Mavs in seven series. Advance a week later, Warriors up 3-1. to one. Mavericks took a game. Uh, they apparently had a resurgence in Game 4, not choking another damn lead. Here's here's what I can see happen. Okay, listen. Call me crazy. Call me insane. Call me whatever you want. Call me, I, I don't care. Mavs are down 3-1. We've seen Warriors down or up 3-1 before. Mavericks are up 80% of the game. Eight, maybe possibly even 90. Mavericks are up. 15 points, 20 points, middle middle of the game, halftime around into the third quarter. That's when they start to the to downfall. We know, we see it. I see a team that is well way more orchestrated, way better defensively, the better X factor in Luka Doncic, and I'm seeing, you know, just luck of luck of the draw when it comes to these comebacks, okay? Uh Mavericks are beating and destroying the Warriors 80% of the time, okay? Warriors are averaging 30 points per game in the fourth quarter during the playoffs. That is the X factor. Also, Stephen Curry and Jordan Poole are playing out of their minds. Klay Thompson isn't even in discussion for being a factor in this game. Star power is killing the Mavericks right now, okay? Stephen Curry doing it all. Luck of the draw. Live by the three. Die by the three. And could we possibly see a die by the three, 3-0 bounce back, you know, from the Mavericks? I think it's very possible. I'm getting an eerie feeling about this series. Maybe the first 3-0 blown lead ever in the playoffs. I stand by my statement. Mavericks in seven still. You know, they're they're up. They are destroying the Warriors fundamentally every way which possible, game plan wise. And then just in the last five minutes, they get, you know, five straight threes. Mavericks miss five straight threes. It's ridiculous. And you know, it's the star power that's killing them. Stephen Curry, Klay Thompson, Jordan Poole, you know, guys deep bench. Jonathan Kuminga just had an insane game tonight. Guys like that. Kevon Looney the other night was going off, looking like Shaq. Uh, you know, the fourth quarter stats for the Warriors are the only reason they're in this series. And I can see a resurgence from the Mavericks here upcoming, just like what happened with the Suns. In elimination games, the Mavericks look poised and focused. I, You know, they that's how they look tonight. Luka Doncic was insane as usual uh you know dorian finney smith an undrafted free agent is looking like a star reggie bullock was hitting numerous threes max kleba maxi kleba you heard of him well he's a mavs big who decided to hit three threes tonight and that's big points uh yeah so i could honestly you know don't call it crazy when this happens you're gonna come back drake you're genius and i see resurgence here i see you know, nothing to lose attitude from the Mavericks when they're facing elimination games. The Warriors, you know, it's going to catch up to them, losing 80% of the time and getting a luck of the draw, five point five three point ball spree in a span of three minutes. It's going to haunt them. You live by the three, die by the three. That's how they lost to the Raptors in the finals three years ago. That's why they didn't make the playoffs, you know, two years ago. Uh, it's going to catch up to them. It really is. Uh, the last two years they haven't made the playoffs because, you know, Stephen Curry and Draymond Green wasn't enough. I've been saying this for a long time. Steph is not a good star on his own, okay? Luka Doncic is that guy. He's the most important X factor on the court. We've seen Steph and Draymond. We've seen it ran through two years, 
missed the playoffs both times, okay? We're going to see a resurgence here from the Mavericks. They're going to win game five. They're going to win game six. And when game seven comes around, don't come back to this video, okay? I'm just saying that right now, okay? Call it crazy. I'm going to stand by my statement. I want to be a good predictor here. I'm not going to switch things up. I had Suns, Bucks before the season started, you know, NBA Finals rematch, okay? And then once playoffs times came around, you know, had to switch it up. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to stand by my statement here. I saw a resurgence from the Mavericks. Let's jump over to the Eastern Conference. A little better, you know, a little better easy take here. You know, Celtics are winning by blowouts. Heat are winning in barn burners, okay? Heat are winning by last second, you know, down to the nitty-gritty. When the Celtics win, they destroy, okay? Jason Tatum, you know, had as much points in the first half as the Heat did in the entire first half last game. All around, the Celtics are the better team. I think that's clear, okay? They have the better star power. Uh, they have better defensive play. Uh, you know, they... Jimmy Butler's the best player on the Heat, and then jumps down to Bam Adebayo. I see three players on the Celtics better than Bam Adebayo, who I'd rather have in the playoffs right now. Bam is the X-Factor for the Heat, though, okay? 31-10, and 10, they're winning that game. Uh, forcing the Celtics to shoot outside when Bam's, you know, playing well defensively. Yeah, you know, the All-NBA uh, All NBA teams came out. All-NBA defensive team, Bam Adebayo is one of them. I believe he's on the second uh all-NBA second defensive team. So, yes, he's an X-Factor down down below. Celtics aren't the best shooting team. But everyone's talking about how Jason Tatum only dropped 10 points in Game 3, while Jalen Brown dropped a quiet 40 points. I don't see anybody talking about Jalen Brown dropping 40 points. Okay, Jalen Brown is a superstar. Let's not get that twisted. Celtics have maybe two to three players who can drop 40 points. He only have one, and it's Jimmy Butler. Okay, Jimmy Butler's a dog. We love Jimmy Butler. The Heat are, you know, it's a dog fight out there. The Heat are tough, gritty just like the Celtics, but the Celtics have a lot more talent, okay? The series is over in two games. I'm going to stick by my prediction that I said last week. Celtics in six, uh, the blowouts, you know, they speak volume, okay? These little heat barn burners, I see them as luck, uh, except game one when Jimmy Butler went completely nuts, okay? That's just the superstar in him. That's the winner in him. Jimmy Butler's a winner, and, you know, they don't have another option, though, besides Bam, who is very inconsistent, dropped nine points game two, 31 points game three, and then like six points the next game. Okay, I don't have the stats pulled up, but that's pretty much what it's been like. Okay, so, you know, it's going to be I more sure on the Celtics prediction than I am with the Mavericks. Um, but, man, when, I, when I'm getting a very eerie feeling about this Mavericks series. I'm seeing a shift in momentum. If you saw the end of the game, Luka Doncic and Klay Thompson were, you know, chopping it up, and they, you know, Klay Thompson looked pissed. I know Clay's a slick talker on the court. Luka Doncic don't play no games. This is, I'm getting an eerie feeling, okay? An eerie feeling. It's going to come back. We're going to see next week, okay? But Eastern Conference, a lot easier prediction. Celtics in two. It's tied 2-2 right now. I see the Celtics, you know, the Heat might put up a little fight, but the Celtics are going to take this series, okay? So Celtic fans, uh, be happy with your NBA Finals. Uh, you know, they'll, they'll be in the NBA Finals uh prediction i will I, I don't know yet so you know we'll see how my predictions do let's jump over to college football there was a debacle uh, a debacle of sorts between jimbo fisher and nick saban if you don't know jimbo fisher was actually a former assistant to nick saban and jimbo fisher is nick saban's kryptonite okay the only regular season loss last year that alabama took was texas a&m so jimbo fisher you know he's not going to be 
he's not going to be, you know, a special place in Nick Saban's heart, okay? Nick Saban's obviously not going to be too enthralled by Jimbo Fisher, you know, over anything, over recruiting, over a football game, over, you know, their past together. Uh, Nick Saban, I feel like, you know, this could be, uh, you know, a blast from the past for him. Nick Saban is reminded of himself by Jimbo, uh, getting all these, you know, rebuilding an organization, getting all these recruits, um, being being smart, playing the system, you know, and ta- taking heads off the top-notch college football programs, which Jimbo Fisher did last year. You know, they didn't do anything crazy uh, bowl game-wise, but they're rebuilding of sorts, and Jimbo Fisher is that guy. Um, if anyone is going, you know, Nick Saban's, Nick, here was the direct comment from Nick Saban. I might butcher this, but he basically said Jimbo Fisher buys his players. Okay. And if anyone of you is going to benefit off this new NIL deals, Nick Saban is the heart of it. Okay. Bryce Young reportedly made six figs, six to seven figs last year. Near, I think it was around $5 million in endorsement deals through Alabama. So if anybody's going to talk about these NIL deals and, you know, who's the heart of it, it's Nick frickin' Saban, okay? Alabama is the, you know, the New York Yankees of college football. You know, it's it's a blind person can tell you this. This is this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. I think Nick Saban's getting jealous and Jimbo Fisher said it's the narcissist in him, which is very true. I could, you know, it makes a lot of sense, okay? Nick Saban is seen as the czar of college football, you know, the god. And you know, Rome falls, Rome is going to fall, and Alabama is Rome, okay? All these, you know, all these big college football heads. It was Nebraska back in the 90s. I'm from Nebraska, so it's very, uh, we know how the, how, the, how the shift turns. You know, Clemson wasn't an elite football program before. Now they are. Uh, it, tides change, and Nick Saban, you know, it's going to change eventually. And Jimbo Fisher is that guy to overtake you know, Saban as the czar of football. And I think Saban's honestly scared of him. And, you know, the Texas A&M win is just a future foreshadowing uh, from last year's game, a future foreshadowing of what's going to happen in the future. Nick Saban, you know, tides turn in college football. It may not seem like it. It may seem like Alabama's going to be, you know, up there forever, but tides will change. It always happens. If you look over the last 30 years, there's always been a new top head of college football over a five-year span. So I really think Nick Saban is jealous, you know, and sees, you know, is scared of Jimbo Fisher. Uh, There was really no necessity for the comment he made in the slightest because he's the most successful, he's the greatest college football head coach of all time, okay? And Jimbo is a young, you know, coaching speaking, he's a young guy and rebuilding his squad, essentially. And, you know, it's the dumbest thing ever if you're going to say, uh, they're buying their players when you're, you know, in the as the face of NIL deals. When your quarterback's making seven figs, makes no sense. What make, makes zero sense at all? I don't, I don't understand it. I don't understand Nick Saban. I'm not a fan of the guy personally, and you know, Jimbo's his kryptonite, and he doesn't like it. He's he's stubborn, okay, in a sense. That's about it. I'm done talking about Nick Saban. He, I really don't like the guy at all. I think he's a pisshead, and I just personally don't like him. Yes. Yeah, I'm when I get when I blow up eventually, and I'm on Fox Sports, and they're gonna pull this clip back and have me in the same room as him. It's not gonna be fun. Okay, uh, let's jump. Okay, so here we go. New segment on the show. I have been gathering data, stats, and opinions on the sport of baseball. I've never talked about MLB or college baseball or any of the sorts on this channel, but here we go. I'm gonna try my first segment here. MLB. 
Josh Donaldson, third baseman for the Yankees, suspended one game after calling Tim Anderson, White Sox, you know, rising star, Jackie Robinson. He called him Jackie Robinson, and, you know, it's it's basically been a he said, he said situation, okay? The only reason Donaldson is suspended is there was an admission of a quote, okay? If Tim Anderson had admitted, yeah, we joked about being called Jackie, um, me calling myself Jackie Robinson back in the day, yeah, it, it's fine, but I didn't like it here. There, there probably wouldn't have been a suspension. But Donaldson, you know, as I'm, you know, I, I see a, uh, a very, uh, a, how do I say this? Um, the bigger man complex here with Donaldson admitting what he said. Um, you know, the only reason he's suspended was he admitted what he said. Okay. And Tim Anderson, you know, the whole situation is that back in 2019, uh, Tim Anderson called himself the, the new Jackie Robinson. And Donaldson had joked about that with Tim Anderson and at the plate, you know, out and about uh, in meetings, etc., stuff like that. And uh, now they're turning it into sort of a, a race thing, you know, new, new Jackie Robinson. Um, the narrative here, I, I'm not saying it's not a, you know, it could definitely be along the lines of something more uh, obscene than what we're meant out to believe it could also not be a funny joke but let's look at it from an unbiased perspective the narrative around josh donaldson is a he's an angry hothead is he's been an angry hothead his whole career he's the angriest player in baseball he literally smacks himself with a bat in the dugout before he hits okay and he's always been very loud on interviews very you know very just a uh, a chaos causer per se um tim anderson has rising star power okay he's gonna have that star power where um he hasn't done anything wrong yet and it, it happens anytime in sports. You, you'll see NBA, NFL. If you have the star power, you're going to get a lot of things going your way. And Tim Anderson, new rising star in, in the White Sox organization, uh, he's going to have that star power. And with the narrative surrounding Josh Donaldson, of course he's going to get suspended. And when you bring a sensitive topic like race into it, of course it's going to happen, okay? This is an unbiased perspective. I'm not saying it is or isn't a race thing, but when you have the narrative of Josh Donaldson and the star power of Tim Anderson, it's not going to go Josh Donaldson's way. Uh, so, yeah, uh, that's that's my opinion on the whole Josh Donaldson situation. My first baseball topic covered. I'm happy to do it. I We'll, we'll see how much I can do of this. Uh, baseball is a lot. There's so many damn pitchers. I don't understand it. But I started playing MLB The Show. Let me tell you, it has educated the hell out of me. So um, we're going to jump to the NFL. We're jumping all over the place. I've pretty much covered every single organization of sports here. For the finale of the show, we're going to go through Dark Horse NFL MVPs 2022. Okay, so when, you, when I say Dark Horse, I mean guides you don't expect but could damn right do it okay i got three guys here quarterbacks who i believe you know could possibly win the mvp in 2022 up for the nfl season number one jalen freaking hurts okay my fantasy football quarterback for the 2021 season he was great okay uh he just picked up a new weapon in aj brown they have new defensive presences like nicobe dean uh they picked up uh o-line help cam jurgens guard from nebraska they need o-line help uh you know they have the what all they had last year was basically Devontae Smith. Um, Jalen Rager was nowhere to be found. Uh, Dallas Goddard, uprising tight end. These guys are all developing at the same time. And I see Jalen Hurts. You know, he's a very t he's a great deep ball. Um, he's very mobile. He can use his legs a lot. Um, you know, accuracy is his only issue and basically just not having talent around him. They got O-line help. They got defensive presence. 
presences per se and a new weapon in aj brown aj brown could be that elite guy and they signed him to a long lucrative deal so jalen hurts he's got all the talent in the world i could see you know a dark horse mvp season coming for him and in that division uh you know you got the cowboys who are always hit or miss but now you got the eagles who are uprising uh building from the ground up and i see you know jalen hurts who knows that's the guy that's their franchise right there they named it so uh number two i got trevor lawrence you know, we could see a Joe Burrow-esque season from Trevor Lawrence, I see. Uh, you know, the sophomore jump, we saw it with Joe Burrow. We saw it with Patrick Mahomes. Why not Trevor Lawrence, okay? He's got the same build as Joe Burrow. Uh, you know, he's got new targets, developing offensive line, all the talent in the world. He's got Travis Etienne coming back, uh, his Clemson running back he had. Uh, don't, I don't think it's too crazy to say, okay? Nobody expected the Bengals to make the Super Bowl at the start of the season. We were seeing 3-14 and 14 predictions, you know, bottom, bottom half of the draft, you know, top top five lottery pick per se uh you know you never know what the nfl season yeah and i think a lot of these analysts think they know what's going to happen and then teams like the bengals make the super bowl i'm not saying it to be you know grab attention but trevor lawrence has all the talent in the world and i don't see why it's you know crazy to say i don't think it is crazy to say i definitely think he has the talent to do so uh they signed christian kirk you know there was a lot of memes going around about the jags wasting their cap space but they got weapons, O-line help, and Trevor Lawrence is very talented. So we can see a sophomore jump here. I like I like to think that it could happen. Uh, you know, number three, last one. Uh, kind of the same situation, except this guy sat his rookie year, essentially. But Trey Lance, okay, sophomore season. Uh, Patrick Mahomes sat his rookie year. Next year, 5,000 yards, 50 touchdowns. Okay. Trey Lance, Niners have everything right built around them, okay? Trey Lance has it served on a golden platter for him, okay? They have a great offensive scheme, great line, great run game, and talent, We, you know, they have all the talent in the world. We could see what Mahomes did in year two from Trey Lance, I see, okay? Um, you know, we didn't, I didn't see anything crazy from Trey Lance, but he's got it all built around him. Maybe not the stats like Mahomes, you know, he's not going to go crazy and be considered his top five quarterback, who knows, but... With what the Niners have on their squad, everything except a quarterback. I've been saying this. They have everything except a quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo is their kryptonite. And the reason they didn't make the Super Bowl. So, Trey Lance, fresh legs, uh, you know, unproven talent. Uh, you know, he watched for a year. I think he's ready. I think he's a dark horse MVP candidate. Those are my three dark horse NFL MVP candidates. And that is the finale of the show, everybody. Man, this was a fun one, okay? We jumped everywhere, NBA to college football to MLB, and now to the NFL to kick off, kick it, kick it off, okay? Kick the bucket. Anywho, that will be the show, everybody. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. It's very late. Um, I'm going to get this posted up here. Uh, thank you, everybody, for watching. And what is, I have no idea what episode it is, but we're staying consistent. I am ready to – I'm getting sick of being, you know – not popular among the sports analysts so i'm gonna try to be putting out videos uh i've been saying this for a while but i get caught up but i'm gonna be trying to put out two videos a week podcasts and something different okay and i want you know i'm gonna take over here soon and i promise that and it's gonna start with my mavericks prediction of winning four games in a row and it's it's coming drake's corner takeover everybody and i'll see you guys next wednesday or before then, who knows? Anywho, see y'all.